0: What's up, Yankee fans? We are back with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And did you, hopefully, see this twin series? Oh my goodness. Incredible. Incredible series, especially the way it started off. Yankees dropping in game one. CC Sabathia not looking good. Seven runs. Earned. One had one unearned run, five home runs. Oof, it was it was a little ugly, and even despite that, Yankees still got close, losing that game eight to six. But man, after that game, it got crazy. Second game starts off looking, you know, at, at some points really bad for the Yankees, and it was like wow. These twins are no joke. They are a powerhouse of a team. But that game, too, was astonishing. If you miss that game, oh, my goodness, go try and find a replay of that. It's Fox Sports Go Show's replays. I don't know how long they keep them on there, but oh, what an incredible, incredible game. And... Everybody saying that was the Major League Baseball game of the year so far. And man, I feel bad if you missed it because it was incredible. What a comeback by the Yankees. And despite their pitching, they won the game because you had Britain come in to that game, blow it. Chapman blows the save. Adovino looks shaky. And even, you know, even getting lucky at the end of the game with Chad Green. And, you know, you look at the statistics on that, and someone posted about the stats of the percentages of if it would have been a hit on that play that Hicks caught. And according to the stats, it is... A 560 average that that ball is going to drop in. And they compared it to the Darno home run, uh, which was the Tampa blown save by Chapman, where he poked it out into right in Yankee Stadium. And that was a 190 percentage that that would be a hit. Unbelievable. Aaron Hicks, you know, he was the star of that game because he brought the Yankees back with that two two-run home run. And side note, Mike Talkman getting that walk, worked that walk and then Hicks came up down to their final out and he hits that two-run home run. Just really incredible and then obviously he has the incredible catch to end that game. So Aaron Hicks star of that game except Yankees aren't even in that position unless Dede Gregorius who is on fire himself has a monster game. Uh, what did he have? Like Responsible for, for was it seven RBIs or uh, scored some runs? I can't remember the stats. It was just, you know, that whole game was so overwhelming. It was really, really incredible to watch. It was a seesaw battle just when you think the Yankees are going to lock it up, uh, you know, takes a turn. But (laughs) really glad they won that game, obviously. If they don't win that game, that's kind of a crusher. But this is a tough Twins team. And come playoff time, this is going to be great for the Yankees' confidence because they notoriously own the Twins in the postseason. Going way back, way, way back, the, the Twins from since... Alex Rodriguez single-handedly destroyed them in, I think it was the 9 series. Yankees have just really had the Twins number, and now Didi has the Twins number. He went into this series with about like a 2.40 average, and he comes out with a 2.90 average. I think 2.93. He went 8 for 10. I don't even know how many RBIs and runs he had. I did not see those stats, but... Ridiculous. Somebody even wrote uh, a little meme about the Twins organization, and they had it listed, and said, owner, Didi Gregorius, manager, Rocco Boltelli. Really amazing stuff by Didi. And really, this whole team, this whole team is clicking, except for one guy who is slumping right now, named Gary Sanchez. And Gary's off to the IL, and he did hit a couple of balls hard in this series. It just never went in, but he looked like he turned an ankle on game two going into first base, and it says it's a left groin strain, and according to him, it is not a big deal, and he thinks he's going to be back. He goes to the 10-day IL. We'll see. Groins can be tricky. And this has bothered Gary last year. He had that issue. So we'll see what happens with that. But Romine comes in and immediately he is paying dividends for them. And really, really cool to see. And he is a really competent backup. I know a lot of people are not high on him, but I actually like Romine. I think he does a solid job as a backup. And hopefully he can fill some time until Sanchez comes back. And then you got to hope that Sanchez goes on one of his streaks. But Sanchez still getting bashed around a little bit because of his streakiness. And I don't know. You can't give up on the guy. You got to hope that he can string together more consistency. But You know, there's question marks there. There are definitely question marks going forward. But anyway, game two, explosive, amazing. Just really, really fun game to watch, especially with the Yankees winning that game. I don't think I'd say it was fun to watch if they lost. (laughs) But then game three, J-Hap on the mound, who, oof, You know, I laughed, you know, I I joked about it the last time he was out. I said he's going to give up his regular two home runs a game. And this one he did again. Gives up two home runs, you know, puts the Yankees in a hole from the first. And as a side note, Yankees have, I think that was their 33rd come from behind victory this season, which leads the majors. And it just shows the grit and tenacity of this team. I love it. These guys are gritty. Really, really love it. But Hap puts them in a hole, and if you listened to the show the other day, I said, this is going to be really monumental for the season and to see what the Yankees do. If the, they went in and the pitching was decent, I think Cashman isn't completely on the phone. <clears throat> Excuse me trying to get an ace. Now, I think they have got to, got to, got to, got to, got to go after an ace. And you got to open up that prospect vault. That guy, Garcia, that is so highly touted in the Yankees organization, I, the other day, was saying I don't want to give him up, even though I don't know a lot about him. There's just a lot of hype around him. But now, I am thinking, you got to do what you got to do in order to get a front-of-the-line starter. And two, possibly two, because you look at this rotation, and I talked about it the, the uh, the, the, the last show, that it is a little bit shaky. To that and that's being nice because even game two, if you can remember way back then <laughs> it was such a long game, Herman started that game and Herman not looking good you know he he gives up that he had that big five I think it was a five run fourth and what's what happens playoff time uh, you know he's shown f- flourishing aspects of his game. But can you have complete trust in him to start in the playoffs? I think no at this point. You know, need some better pitching because look at it. We'll go through it again. Tanaka, big game pitcher. You want to hope that he continues his playoff resume and dominates. Okay? So maybe maybe you're counting him as up there in your top three. You need three top pitchers in the playoffs. So let's say we'll count him as one. Herman, I don't have the faith in him to say it. Plus all this talk of the innings limit and where is he going to be at this point? You know, they going to keep him and uh, put him in the bullpen in the in the playoffs. Not sure. Hap, no, no. No faith in Hap right now, unless he can obviously turn it around in August. But that's also got to be playing really good teams like Minnesota. This is a team that Yankees could possibly face in the playoffs. And you see what their offense did. CC, CC is a big game pitcher. Now, maybe it's just a little bit, a bit of a blip from game one. And he can come back strong from that. But do you have complete faith in him? I I don't, but I would say I'm eighty percent to eighty-five percent on CC in the playoffs, because he does get up for these big games. So he 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 can really give you something in the playoffs. So he's a maybe. Severino, we don't know what's gonna happen with him. Is he gonna come back? Is he gonna have build up enough innings? They think that he could possibly get to five innings, and that is a playoff start these days because they heavily go to the bullpen in the playoffs. Now, there you have it. You've got Tanaka, Cece, and then the ones that are not really confident in is Herman, Sevi, and Hap. So it is a very, very tricky situation the Yankees have. And got Boston coming up too. And Boston is not a pushover, although a lot of talk about Boston being a seller at the trade deadline, uh, You know, especially interesting, J.D. Martinez, who I was kind of shocked to see his name thrown out there, but he has a no trade clause. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, not a no-trade clause. He has an opt-out after 2019 and after 2020. So, you know, if the Red Sox lose these three games to the Yankees, I think they completely become sellers. Although, four-game, it's a four-game set. We are on Thursday. We've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for this. And they are, I believe they're 11 out. They lost last night to Tampa. So... If they go to 15 out, I see them being sellers, and maybe they do get rid of JD Martinez. Because what if Martinez is saying, you know, I gotta get out of here? It is really interesting because he's got a big contract and he's gotta be an AL player. They're not no one's gonna take him in the NL, I predict. And you gotta have a team that's got a lot of money to pay him. So that's gonna be tricky for them. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe the Yankees get him. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They're not going to get him. But imagine if they did. they do some crazy things like that sometimes. But anyway, well, Red Sox would never trade him to the Yankees because he'd probably beat up on the Red Sox, which would be really cool. (laughs) But anyway, another interesting tidbit is that Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, has a no trade to the Yankees. They are not one of the teams that is on his list. And I wonder if he would drop that to come to the Yankees. Not sure. I don't know. He's like a a small-town farm dude, right? And, you know, San Francisco is a big town, but it's not New York. Wonder if he would want to do that. But, as I talked about the other day, Giants are hot. And unless they slip in the next like five days if they go on like a, a five-game losing streak and then they say, all right, we got we, we to gotta get some money for, uh, for Bumgarner, maybe he would want to go to the Yankees. I don't know. I don't know. The other guy is Stroman who lots of talk of, you know, he's hugging teammates. He actually came out of a game with shoulder some shoulder issue, not sh- I haven't heard the latest on that. But the other thing is, he wrote on social media something about Savage, and people are you know trying to do all these tie ins, obviously, to the Savage's comment. So it's interesting, it is really interesting. But let's go back. I completely digressed, um, and let's go back. This twin series, really awesome that the Yankees win the series, especially after that first loss. And not looking good into the second game. But another series win. And it really, really is great for this team, obviously. Winning all these series, and it just shows that they are, are dominating. And I don't know where the Rays are, but if the Yankees take this series from Boston, which it, it would be so amazing if they swept especially, you know, I'm still thinking about that, those, that playoff loss to the Red Sox last year in the playoffs. I'm like, oh, it, it, <laughs> it still fires me up that the Yankees are playing this well and Boston isn't playing well. And I just want to see them go into Fenway and sweep. Going to be tricky, going to be tricky going into Fenway. But, you know, with the way these guys are hitting and on fire, they've, they've got a really good shot. I don't know what the pitching lineups are. Haven't checked that, but this team is on fire right now, and especially coming off these big wins against the Twins, you know, always fired up, no matter where Boston is in the standings. It is always, always a great rivalry and matchup. So, a couple of other things about the Twin series, besides everything we talked about one Edwin Encarnacion hits his 30th home run yesterday and that makes it I don't know I can't remember I heard the stat how many seasons he has had with 30 home runs and he extends that streak and that's pretty awesome you know if you can remember when he was playing with the Mariners he overtook Greg Nettles on the uh, all-time home run list and I was I was a little angry about that one because <laughs> you know if you listen to the show you know Greg Nettles is my all-time favorite Yankee and oh you know what yesterday was the anniversary of the George Brett Pine Tar game and if you are too young to remember that go youtube it it is hysterical. I'm sure if you're a Yankee fan, I'm sure you've seen it. They have shown the clip for so many years, and you know, get a chance to see Nettles, who's at home plate, who was the Yankees captain at that time, and the ump's are discussing it, and then they call it out, and Nettles does the glove clap, and then goes in, and then goes right into the dugout as George Brett comes out, and it goes crazy. And uh, you know, I sent that off to my brother yesterday, and he was, uh, you know, refreshing memories of mine, how <laughs> we watched that live. And then he reenacted it. He reenacted the whole scene, and I can actually remember that. I can remember being at our house in New Rochelle, New York, and uh, watching that, and really, really hysterical. Brings back some great memories. But, you know, the, be- the sad part of that is the Yankees went on, they, uh, uh, the Royals and Brett appealed that. And they had to continue that game. They had to finish out that game. And then they ruled it that it wasn't illegal, that pine tar had nothing to do with it. But, you know, it was past that point. You know, the, the whole thing, if you don't know this, is that you cannot have an illegal substance. I don't know what it is, 18 inches past. And they measured it on home plate, which I don't even know what the dimensions are of home plate. But anyway, the umps saw that the Pintar went up too high, and they called them out. But I think they reversed that. Right, and then I know they had to make that game up or finish it out—not make it up, but they finished it out. And I gotta look back, but Ron Guidry played center field, I think, then because there was something with the the shifting of the lineup. And Ron Guidry, Yankees pitcher, was a um, phenomenal athlete, and uh, you know they put him out in center. I'm almost positive. I'm pretty sure this isn't revisionist history by mine, but we'll have to check the lineup. I'm I'm sure we can find that somewhere. Anyway. Another thing I want to talk about was Cortez. Cortez Jr. comes up. Game three just got called up to gets the win yesterday, and uh, I wasn't aware of it. But someone had posted all of his different uh, wrote um, all of his different windups, uh, and he comes at different angles. And did not really notice it. Not even sure if they. Uh, talked about it on the game because say the volume down was just watching but he comes in does a really solid job and you know i, mean, I wonder if david cohn talked about it because david cohn's a big arm rotation and slot guy and if you read his book which will you know we're doing commercials for it every time because he followed us on twitter and we're following and we're keeping our promise but you know there's there's the plug go out and get his book but he um he probably talked about it because he was the same way with different arm angles, and that you know that's something I never really noticed in uh in pitching because I was always under the assumption, and I never pitched uh but I was always under the assumption actually, I tried to pitch once, my grandfather, who coached me in Little League. Uh, wanted to try and turn me into a pitcher. And I, my aim was horrible. I was like, I think I hit him in the shins a couple of times. I think my brother was trying to catch. And I was just, uh, could not, could not find the plate. I was I was better suited for uh, middle infield and center field. I used to play center a lot. Uh, and started playing third base because of Greg Nettles and wearing number nine. But anyway, that was my pitching career. <laughs> but where was I going with this? Oh, the arm angles. I was always under the impression that a pitcher wanted to duplicate his motion so that he didn't get all out of sorts. But this is a whole nother thing that, you know, David Cohn's book does talk about. And, uh, very curious to me if guys, when guys can do that. So something, something to check and, and research a little bit more, but to sum up to The uh, Twins series. Oh, and a little side, another side, side, side note. I'm going a lot of side notes and a lot of tangents here. But, you know, Aaron Hicks came from the Twins. And him beating up and getting revenge on them, <laughs> really great. He had another home run yesterday. Um, and love his, love his home run swing. I really, really like it. Although, talking about home run swings, Game 2, Judge watching that ball, when he hit it late in the game and it didn't go out. And a few too many guys are just watching it. Uh, Didi even kind of watched his ball. And, you know, target field has those super high fences, which is kind of weird to me. Such takes up such of the right field. It's, you know, I guess it's interesting. It's interesting all these stadiums are different sizes and, and gives a little bit more character to it. But, it's a little odd that it takes up the entire right field in the center, right? Anyway, these guys have got to hustle out of the box and stop watching it, unless it's a no-doubter, but especially in Minnesota when you've got those high walls, they're not they're no-doubters, no so didn't like that Judge didn't hustle out of the box. He should have ended up on third on that play, but... Yankees, despite that, still went on to win. But I don't like to see that. Uh, you know, Judge, who is a lot of talk about being the captain and being turned into the captain. You got to hustle. You got to hustle out of the box. You would never see Derek Jeter do anything like that. But all right, last point here. I think <laughs> really funny. Edwin Encarnacion hits that home run, and who meets him at the dugout? First of all, he fouled that ball off his foot and then hits the home run, and man, I have fouled balls off the foot, and it hurts, it really hurts, and that was, you know, not obviously professional, <laughs> so uh, being a professional and having that, the the force that it hits off your foot, I think it would hit the, off the inseam, I hit it off my toe once, oh man, that is a pain, but Hits the home run and Carnacion, and when he comes back into the dugout, Glaber Torres has a stuffed parrot for him, a stuffed animal parrot. It was hysterical. Walk the parrot. I still don't know how that started. Need to look that up. But anyway, that's the twin series. It was awesome. And guess what? Guess what we got coming up? It is a Mario 5 day. That is right. That is right. We're not going to have a show on Friday when we usually do it, so we're doing the Mario 5 today. And Mario just getting those words in under the deadline. He was scribbling them down and as we were doing the show, and he gets them in, but good job, Mario. Anyway, we're going to take a break, get into that, and to let you know, we're going to be away, so... We're going to have a, a Monday. We're not going to have a show, so we will not wrap up the Red Sox series, but maybe we'll get to the Red Sox series. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some short ones after each game, but won't be here on Monday to wrap up the series. So I know. Don't worry, guys. Don't don't worry. <laughs> You're, I know everyone's crying over that. They're like, no, how can we miss Yankee Ground? I'm just kidding. Anyway, take a break get into the Mario 5, stay tuned. And we are back, so we had to change locations. We were in the mobile studio. If you hear anything like bumps, etc., that's the reason. But anyway, to close out the Twins series, two points I wanna make. Aroldis Chapman looks shaky. I'm not sure, we'd have to go back and check. I'm not sure the last time he has had a clean ninth inning. It has been a while as far as I am perceiving this. Maybe it's not. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned with that. Not too concerned, but I really thought after game two of the twin series that they were going to make an announcement that he was going on the IL. But luckily they didn't. He came back the next night. He had one walk. Um... Obviously not a clean ninth, but let's hope he straightens himself out. Mike Talkman, He is the other point I want to talk about. I love his energy. That guy gets so fired up. If you saw his triple last night, he he dives into third. He was so fired up. Love that. Love the energy he brings to this team. So I really like that addition. You know, I... If you've been listening to the show, we are big Clint Frazier fans, but Clint is down in the miners. I don't know what's gonna happen to him. I think he's gonna get traded. I think they're they're kind of over him. And Mike Talkman, he is performing well. He's had multi-hit games this series. That big triple, the big walk in game two to set up Hicks. Guy is really, really a gamer, and just like that x-factor that intangible he brings and he's good defensively too that's another strong point to his game so really like that about mike talkman all right let's get into the mario 5 we're going to take a quick break for that so stay tuned all right and we are back and let's get to it the mario 5 where if you're just joining us mario gives me five words and i have to draw connections to the yankees from them so he can come up with crazy words sometimes where i'm sure he's probably like oh he'll never get it but i do it somehow <laughs> so my favorite segment of the week i really love it it lets me get to go off on tangents um sometimes in pop culture or uh other things and If you were just joining us and you're like, what is this? How did you even come up with this? This is based on the Kevin Bacon game, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, if you can remember that. I don't know. Was that like a big 80s thing? I'm not sure. But you used to be able to connect Kevin Bacon to another actor, and you had six moves to do it. So we do it in five. All right. Without further ado, Mario, please give me the first word of the Mario 5. Top. Top. Well, first thing I thought of when uh, baseball, top of the order. Top of the rotation. I could go either way on that with the Yankees. Top of the rotation. Uh, you know, like I just talked about in this episode. Yankees need a top starter. They need an ace. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that Madison Bumgarner says, you know what, I am going to nix my... No trade to deal to the Yankees, and I will accept a trade to the Yankees because I really think he can be like Verlander was for the Astros in 17. I really, really think he would perform really well. You know, look at World Series pressure. World Series pressure is a whole nother level, and he did outstanding. And I, he still has it. He still has it. I'm pretty sure he's only 29. 29, come on. Just just get him. I, you know, I've been talking about the prospects and holding on. Now I'm just like, this is the year. Yankees have got to cash in. This has got to be the year they win the World Series. And you can't just hold back. And yes, maybe some of these guys are going to come back and, uh, you know, be regretful that they got rid of them in, you know, four years, five years, something like that. You know, you can look back and, you know, makes me think of Jay Buhner. Going to the Mariners and George Costanza's father saying, How could you trade Jay Buhner <laughs> in that Seinfeld episode with Big Stein? One of my, that's one of my all-time favorite scenes ever. Um, top of the lineup. We go top of the lineup with the Yankees. And how great has DJ LeMayu been for the Yankees in the top of the order? He has been... Such an awesome leadoff, man. Really, really love it. And actually, Hicks uh, was in there the other game, and he performed really well. So I like DJ LM in there. I like Hicks a little bit back in the order, especially now that he's hitting the ball like crazy. I think Boone batted him third yesterday, which was smart. Love it. So there's top. Let's go, Mario. uh, We're on a roll. Let's go. Give me the next word, please. Press. Press. Oh, Uh, Hmm. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know. I'm on a Seinfeld kick. I thought a press, like when you press a pair of pants, when you iron them, you press a shirt, right? That's a term, right? Take it to the dry cleaners. They they press them, right? Isn't that the term? I think it is. And it made me think of when George uh, Costanza got hired by the Yankees and uh, he said... (laughs) made them change into cotton uniforms. He's like, aren't these not breathable uniforms? Don't you guys want to switch to cotton? And the Yankees switched to cotton. And they had... they, they The the uniform shrunk on them, if you can remember this episode. They shrunk and everybody couldn't play because the uniforms were too tight. And, oh man, that is funny. I'm probably on a George Costanza kick because... They're on Twitter, people have been posting that uh, GIF. How, how do you even say GIF? Is it GIF? GIF? I don't know. I've heard it all different ways. Whatever. It's a GIF. And you can get on Twitter, which they got a big library. I think that's what a lot of people like about Twitter. And iPhone has it now, too. So that's pretty cool. I don't know how big their library is. But they've got the George Costanza, Costanza GIF of when he comes in and he's been hired by the Yankees and he comes in with that into Jerry's apartment he's got the hat on backwards and he turns it right way and he's like the New York Yankee. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I love the fact that they did that whole storyline with George and the Yankees on Seinfeld. It was it was awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. So, that's what they they, they had to press the uniforms. That's the point I'm getting to was you have to press the uniforms if they're made of cotton, right? <laughs> I think. I don't know. Does anyone... You know, the uniforms now, they don't even wrinkle, right? Like, they, you know, there's not a trainer, like, in the back ironing. He probably would have to do that with George Costanza's Yankee uniforms of cotton. So, good thing the Yankees stay with the whatever. I don't know what kind of material that is. Nylon? I don't know. Anyway, Mario, let's get to the next word, please. We're up to number three. Out. Out. Out well, out in baseball, know it reminds me uh in this Twins series, Luke Voigt, if you remember I don't know what inning it was, but he watched a third strike, and uh, you know he's had a little bit of uh you know a run remember uh, the other game uh was it last week against Tampa where he didn't swing, and they called it a, you know called third strike to end the game. <clears throat> He had that was another one that could have ended the inning, and Yankees ended up winning. Um, I mean, scoring some runs because of that. Uh, Voight worked the walk, luckily, should have been rung up. Very lucky, and DJ went in to pinch run for him and ended up scoring. So, that's that's the first thing I think of without. Um, and you know, like they were saying, Yankees they are savages in the box, as Aaron Boone likes to say, and. It is a 27 game out with them. They do not, to steal a line from Paul O'Neill, give away an out. They do not give away anything. They really are savages. Very appropriate by Aaron Boone. So there you go. Go go a lot of different ways with that one. All right. Next one, Mario, please. Lake. Lake. Oh, man. Lake. Lake. How am I going to do lake? Lake is what? There's water. There's boats. Oh, I know. Boat on a lake is the emoji for Austin Romine. Austin Romine, who they call Roe. Dede Gregorius uses the emoji of a rowboat for him. Right? Lake, rowboat. Mario, you've been doing a lot of a lot of kayaking and boating, you know, right? Could could have went with it that way. It could have picked you, um, but we'll go that way. Austin Romine, who is going to be the starting catcher for the Yankees for at least the next ten days, they recalled Kyle Higashioka. Did I say that right? I always botch that guy's name, so I think I got it right though that time. He is the backup, and. We'll see what happens with the Gary Sanchez injury, how long this is going to be. But Austin Romine is going to be your fill-in starting catcher. Now, if they get news of Gary Sanchez that this groin is a little bit more than it is uh, that he kind of says, that he claims it's going to be, are they going to go out and get a catcher? Could they do that? Could they pick up somebody... Who they think is a better starter than Austin Rollmine. You can remember Gary Sanchez spent a lot of time last year on the IL. And Austin Rollmine did a serviceable job. He he did pretty well. He Since he's been in, he's had some really impact uh, impactful at-bats. But he usually slows down if he's in there for a longer period of time. And, and that's when you're like, alright, now I know why he is a backup. But... He handles the pitching staff really well, is what the word is on him, um, except for you know this series because he came in. Well, he came in late on Game Two and yesterday um, they what did the Twins score seven runs, so I don't know. Probably just chalk that up to Hap, but who knows? It's real interesting with uh, catchers and pitchers and and the whole um, uh, relationship that they have. And, you know, remember a couple of years ago who had, um, uh, they were trying to make Austin Romine who Sonny Gray's, uh, personal catcher and Yankees have done that. Joe Girardi used to do that. Uh, I think with Tanaka, maybe I, I can't remember, but that, that has, that became a thing for a while on the Yankees. Anyway, there we go. We go from Lake to Austin Romine. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, I tell you, but anyway, I love it. it see it gives it lets me talk about Seinfeld. Lets me talk about all ridiculous kind of stuff. All right, Mario, I know it's sad, but we gotta end it. The last word, please beat, beat well, twins look like they were gonna put a beat down on the Yankees early in this series. Game one, it was like, oof. And then Game Two started off a little shaky. Yankees were down eight to two in Game Two, and they came back from that incredible. And even last night, they were down, and they came back and win, won this series. And I, you know, when I was looking at this series, I'm like, oh, I guess Game One put a real um, kind of damper on things. Where I'm like, oh man, the Twins are good, and and they could like sweep this you know in in the middle of game two i'm like wow they could take two or three yankees lose this series but they don't they did not and beat yankees have got to put a beat down and beat the red Sox this weekend really really want to see that and then after the red Sox, the uh i believe the diamondbacks are coming into town and if you remember yankees and why are they playing them twice Right? I think I think I saw that on the schedule, right? Arizona's coming in. And Yankees played a two-game set at Arizona back a couple of months ago where Arizona took the Yankees to swept them. Two-game sweep. You know I don't like calling sweeps for two games. It's got to be at least three games for me. But they took both of those games. And why are the Yankees playing Arizona twice in one season? That's odd, right? Why would, why would Major League Baseball do that? Interesting, because I feel like everybody else, besides the Mets, the Yankees only play once for interleague play. I don't know. Something new, something new for, the, uh, for uh, Major League Baseball. They're trying to like create a Yankees, Arizona uh, rivalry. You know, let's not even talk about the 2001 World Series. Oh, I want to block that out. Horrible, horrible! That that last that game seven loss was like one of the worst days of my life. I tell you, horrible, horrible. I I've spoken about it before on the on the podcast, but if you don't remember, uh, New York, I ran the New York City Marathon that day. The night before, Andy Pettit blew game six. Went to bed early. I think I you know I had to get up for the marathon. I didn't even stay up. I think I or maybe I did. I probably did. <laughs> but then. Uh, Knees killing, mile 20 in, my knees are killing me. I finished the race but did not do the time I wanted to because the last six miles were torture. So then go home, Yankees on, Sunday night, going to watch the Yankees win the World Series. I'm like, this is going to make the day. And, oh, they lose. Yankees lost that game. Oh, against Arizona. It was horrible, horrible. Oh, all right, let's get past that. So <laughs> let's end on something positive. Yankees going into Boston, and just had a just took those two games at the London series. Boston lost to Tampa last night. I don't know. They're I think they're eleven back. As I've said, they have got to beat up on them and really just kick them out of this. Wild card out of the division race. I want to see them destroy them. And obviously, what are they going to need is pitching. They are going to need decent pitching. Okay, the offense is there, uh, and you got to hope that the Red Sox, the Yankees, can get to their starters and bring in Boston's bullpen, which is horrible. You know, I don't even know who's starting the game. Uh, let's see. CC pitched. Uh, Hap pitched. Who was Herman pitched? Who is it? Tanaka? And why am I forgetting the fifth starter? Why am I forgetting the Yankees? Oh, Paxton! Paxton is gonna be playing. It's gonna be tonight, I believe, will be Tanaka. I think it's gonna be Tanaka, Paxton, and uh, CC. Was he slot, slotted third in this? Because it went CC Herman Hap. Are we going to see CeCe in the third game and then see Herman in the Sunday game? I don't know. But obviously, 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 need Tanaka to come up big. And he gives up too many home runs. And Paxton. I want to see Paxton come back strong and say, you know what, guys? I've had some blips. I am a number one guy. I am an ace. I am a top of the line and this is further going to prove to me, you know, what I talked about previously in the last episode and, and I touched on in this one, that the trade deadline's coming up. If the Yankees starting pitching, if the Yankees go into Boston and Boston takes two or three games and the pitching, Yankee pitching is horrible, I think that's when Cashman really says, open up the prospect vault, let's do this, let's make a deal with somebody, and hopefully there's pitchers available. You need pitchers available. Who knows? Some teams with the wild card, some teams think that they're still in the race, like the Giants. You know, if there wasn't this now, you know, the 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 competition for that third um, uh, wild card, you know, configuration, you know, maybe this is a different thing. Teams would, add 500, have a shot at making it into the playoffs. And um, it definitely has changed the whole dynamics of the trade deadline. So it'll be interesting. This is going to be an interesting six days leading up to the trade deadline. And still think the Yankees need, even if the Yankees go out and they and they have great pitching outings, they still need at least one pitcher. They need someone who you can say, all right, you were getting the ball game one to start the playoffs. All right? So... That's it, guys. That is all I got to say. I hope you get to watch the Red Sox series. I think it's going to be a good one. And like I always say, <laughs> want to see a sweep by the Yankees, but it would be even sweeter if they swept the Red Sox. Right? Right? Always is. Always is. He's a great rivalry, even, though if, even if Boston isn't perf- playing well. They always get up for the Yankees, right? All right, guys, that is it. We're going to sign off. Hope you have a great day. And as always, let's go Yankees.